178. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it uh, and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. I say, we say that every day. Sometimes we get tripped up, um, but it's really true. Again, Isaiah. So Isaiah 9 through 12, bro. Dog, like this is probably my favorite passage in this for at least in this first half of isaiah and you know isaiah 9 you know we know it for the kind of christmas uh part you know the 9 6 through 7 but really in this context it helps us see even see more right so uh you know at the end of eight we talked about it's this darkness and god's people are going to trip over uh yahweh as a stumbling block yeah. and this darkness will be present among them but he comes here and he says, yo, like, nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land, talking about Israel, will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honor by the way of the sea to the land east of the Jordan and to the Galilee, into Galilee of the nation. So, in other words, oh man, the northernmost part of Israel, you know, Zebulun and Naphtali were taken out by Assyria and, you know, they had already invaded them. And what God is saying is he is going to bring honor where there was once humiliation. Right. Right. The land east of the Jordan, by way of the sea, Galilee of the Goyim, of the nations or right. the Gentiles. The, in other words, this area got invaded by Gentiles in the Syrian captivity. And God is saying, this is where I'm going to actually change the world at. <laughs> right. This is where I'm going I'm to use this place to bring the Lord. And so when the Lord comes on the scene, I think Matthew 4. Matthew 4. This is what he quotes. This is what he quotes. From the most. Right. And. And. And what I love about this is like, yo, chapter eight ends in this deep darkness. And then chapter nine starts off with this grand vision of hope. Yeah. And the thing that I love about this hope is that God says he's going to be the one that brings this hope. So yeah. when it comes to mm -hmm. our experience of the hope, mm -hmm. all the verbs that are used are going to be passive. Mm -hmm. The We have... We have seen a great light. We yeah. didn't do anything to bring it. The yeah. light has dawned. We didn't do anything to bring oh, the dawning. And all the verbs about what God does are going to be active. God does that work. The eternal kingdom that was promised by God mm -hmm. is accomplished by God. Like we don't find hope. Hope finds us. And that's what I love about this text. Yeah. Yeah. What was crazy too, bro, right. in those first few verses, he talks about, you know, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. So Isaiah is right. saying this 8th century BC, uh, and he's saying it in the past tense. Mm. So what he's saying is it's the prophetic perfect, what scholars would say. And basically, he's just saying that, no, 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 this prophecy is so sure, my G, yeah. that I can speak in past tense about it. So it's it. like when somebody <laughs> says, yo, man, hey, yo, yo, they call you on the phone and say, Hey man, I really need you to run to the store and grab this thing for me before you come. All right, Shauna called me and say, "Yo, I need you to go to the store, yeah. grab some pasta sauce for dinner tonight." And I'll say, "It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. I haven't done it yet. You ain't even got to the store yet. No, no, no. It's as good as done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is man, literally uh, seven hundred years before right. Christ comes on the scene, right. and he's going to talk about you know, for a child will be born for us." A son will be given to us. I love that because he says a son is given, meaning a son already existed, uh, right? The father, there we uh, go. the son of the spirit, you know, triune God, the son in all of eternity comes and he's given to us. Right. Um, so good. You know, everlasting kingdom. We know the story. Um, 
But what's ironic is that the end of the chapter doesn't end on a high note. No. <laughs> so it's like, man, all this good stuff. And and I told y'all like last uh, in a few episodes ago, reading Isaiah is like driving with Richard, right? It's like you get jerked back and forth, forward, back and forward, back and forth. Knowing that though helps you as you take this ride. And so God is man, man, I'm angry with Israel. Verse 12, verse 17, verse 21. His wrath is coming. But God shows man over and over that his wrath does not come upon man because of a lack of patience, right? Right. But it's because of a lack of repentance. Uh, yeah. On behalf of God people. doesn't fly off the handle and say, oh, man, I'm tired of you. I'm fed up. Yeah. God's like, nah, I've been patient. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Yeah. Repent, repent, repent. And where there's not a repentance. Yeah. Right. God's going to judge. But what I love throughout this book is that even when God judges you know, he doesn't even completely obliterate. Amen. He'll judge and bring people down low. Mm, and then when they're brought low, they're brought to the place where they can repent. So even Amen. his judgment is good in that. I'm getting ahead of myself in the book, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 10. We'll, we'll be talking about with 10. Uh, ten yeah. Assyria. So he's going to use Assyria to judge Israel. And he's like, they're just a rod in my hand. <sighs> And just because I use them, it doesn't mean they're going to be exempt. At all, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's using them as a, a tool, a rod right. in his hand. And what's interesting is, man, that, you know, he even says that, like, this isn't even their intention necessarily. Right. So in other words, what God is going to say is that a serious intention is just military expansion. They were like ancient bullies, right? So any small... They we, just want to take everybody's lunch money. We just, we just want to take all y'all. <laughs> no, come on, your land and your land and your land. Give me that. Give me that. Right, right. And so they were literally just focused on military expansion. And right. God is like, listen, that's their intention, but my intention overrules theirs. Mm. So I'm going to use them as a rod in my hand to bring judgment against you guys and take you guys into captivity. So that's helpful just because I I I think because of, you know, the stories that we read, the movies we watch and all that mm -hmm. stuff, we're used to thinking of you know, you know, good and evil as, you know, two equal opposing forces wondering who's going to win out, mm -hmm. but as the testimony of scripture confirms like God is not dueling with evil yeah hoping to win yeah but yeah. even the evil motives of people uh can be a tool in god's hand to accomplish his purposes right at the end of the day they have their intentions but god's good intentions override every yeah man what's so good about this is up until 19 he's gonna uh go in about how he's gonna like go in on assyria as well right. because of their pride mm -hmm. but after that, he comes every time. After he talks about the judgment of a nation, he talks about the remnant of Israel. Yeah. So Israel is going to have a remnant, right? Yeah. Uh, the remnant will return. The remnant of Jacob to the mighty God. Israel, even if your people were as numerous as the sands of the sea, only a remnant of them will return. Destruction has been decreed. Justice overflows. Um, so and he's just saying like, man, a, a few, a select few will turn back to the Lord. They're going to see the judgment. It's like, oh, nah, we need to turn back to Yahweh. Right. And this is good news. This is the restoration that God promises all throughout the prophets, yeah. right? He will restore his people. They will come back in the land. Mm. And um, once again, God's people uh, get uh, judged, but they pass through the judgment. Right. Right. So we're going to die because of the curse of Adam, right. but we're going to pass through it. Right. Right. Mm. Um, and come out of the grave resurrected. Yep. So yep. that's good. 11 flows right into 11. Whew. Yeah. 11 is crazy. New growth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. So th he says, man, 
listen, all right. So I said it, I, I think I said it a few days ago. I think I misspoke. Isaiah is not a fourth gospel. We have four gospels, Matthew, right. Mark, Luke, and John. Right. Isaiah is a fifth gospel. Right. That's what right. I mean. So Isaiah is like a fifth gospel. If you want to learn about Jesus, right. go to Isaiah. Right. There's so much here mm. about Christ and the gospel here. And he says, yo, a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. Mm. A branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Right. What we talked about in Proverbs. Mm. And so, man, you know, it's so much here. Uh, but just saying that, like, you know, a shoot from Jesse. And basically what God is saying is, I'm going to cut this off. Almost almost to where it's nothing. But. I'm not going to uproot it. I'm not going to uproot it. I'm going to judge this thing and take it down to a stump. And even in the stump where some people, all they see is judgment. All of what was there, it's gone. Yeah. The perspective needs to be, no, don't look at the past. Look at the potential of what could come from this. Hmm. judgment and that's why we called it new growth right think of hair damaged by a relaxer and yeah. it's like yo i'm gonna chop it all off yeah but the new growth comes through and hmm. you're not just lamenting the glory of what was because all that stuff was damaged you're yeah saying ah this is this is the new beginning that we've hoped for and that's what god promises here which in chapter 12 leads them into a song one through three they thank god hmm. for for what he's done mm. but then chapter four through or verses four through six they don't just give thanks but they lead others to do the same yeah and chapter 12 is just a good yeah. paradigm good. for what it means to draw outsiders into the worship of god uh the best way to share about what god has done and make him famous is not just door-to-door -door evangelistic proselytizing knock on the door hey let me tell you about this good 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 god that's one thing that's one part but here in 12 they don't only sing praises to god but then they sing out loud a testimony of what god has done and yeah. i think for those of us that have experienced right a microcosm of this story uh we can live our lives yeah praising singing thanking god and drawing people into worship of him that way yeah amen yeah. let's pray yeah. father we thank you for jesus um we thank you that he is a shoot that grows from the stump of jesse god we thank you that you left that shoot um and because of that shoot we are saved god and we just ask that we will reflect on that today and it would lead us to singing like your people would sing in isaiah 12 we love you we thank you for your grace in christ's name we pray amen